this is going to be a twofer. And part of the reason for that is that I hadn't seen a match before I started making this list. And it turned out to be one of my three or four favorite matches of the year. And the other one is a match that I absolutely adore and rewatched. And they both tell something of the same story. The two are the two historic companies of Japan. And that is, of course, All Japan and New Japan. The New Japan match is Okada versus Marufuchi. An amazing match. An amazing title match. Possibly the standard to which all New Japan matches should be held. And I say that having watched all of the Tanahashi versus Okada matches, which actually, when you watch them all, it sort of makes you question how much you like the previous one. But then by the end, you're like, those were all different, but it's the evolution of the series that makes it interesting. I didn't like the... Tokyo Dome one as much as the others. I admit it's probably a five-star match. It's close, at least. But there was a sameness to it that I just didn't dig on. On the other hand, I adored the All Japan main event of Kento Miyahara versus Suwama. And they both are telling us a very similar story. The long-term veteran, in this case Marufuchi and Suwama, taking on the 27-year-old, or I guess they were both 26, they might have been 27 by that point, in Miyahara and Okada. Now, Miyahara is a phenomenal worker, but more so he's a great champion. And every time I see him, I am impressed by how much he gets over the belt because it never feels personal. And some would see that as a knock. I don't. It feels like what he is doing is defending this title that meant so much to him. And Suwama has just always been great. I've, I've never seen a Suwama match I didn't love. Nah, that's not entirely true. There are a couple of early ones that I didn't like. But the boy can work. He is so good. And when the two of them went at it, it felt like a battle for a belt that meant something. That seemed to celebrate the historical ties of the All Japan, the Triple Crown, as it were, belt to the time of Misawa, Kobashi. <coughs> Kawada, Steve Williams. And when All Japan was gutted after the death of Baba and when Misawa took basically everyone to form Noah, it never got the shine back. To me, this felt like an All Japan main event from the 1990s. And to a degree, 
the New Japan title match between Okada and Marufuji also did. Okada is the best big match wrestler in the world right now. I will stack him up against anybody, including Kenny Omega, who I think is the wrestler of the year. Because Omega makes every match the big match. Now, Marufuji is amazing. And again, he should be a Hall of Famer. No question. And the reason for that is that he's not only one of the top 10 workers in the world for more than a decade, I would say since 2003, but he makes everyone he's in the ring in with look better. In a way, he is Cowboy Bob Orton. He works amazingly hard, has a great move set, and surprises you all along the way. And he knows that his job is most often to make the other guy look like a champion. And he does. Now, the G1 match between the two was great. I thought that the October 10th match between Marufuji and Okada was the best match I've seen out of Japan by two Japanese wrestlers. He said, definitely hedging his bets because there's another match coming up that I'm going to talk about that. I think tops it a bit. But both of these matches are saying the same thing. And it's not quite, there's a new sheriff in town, but it's more like it's our generation's time. Because Okada just in 2016 beat Tanahashi on the big stage. He established himself as the man of this generation, this time. And Marufuji, God love him, but he could probably be best assigned to the 2006-2010 time frame. And during that entire run, I would say he was probably second or third best in the world. And to sort of compare Miyahara to Okada, who are the same age, almost exactly. It is comparing Shawn Michaels to Bret Hart. And I will always say that in New Japan, Shawn Michaels is certainly Okada, and Bret Hart is always going to be Tanahashi. And my personal biases are there for sure. I love Shawn Michaels. I'm not a big Bret Hart fan. I love Okada. He is the one of the best in the world right now. And he may be the best in the world in his language, but since I don't speak Japanese, I don't have the connection that I do with Kenny Omega. Or for that matter, AJ Styles. But Miyahara is Bret Hart and is all the good things about Bret Hart. He brings that seriousness to the match. Now, Okada, the biggest knock I have on Okada is the same thing I have on Nakamura. They are not everyday superstars. If they're working just a regular match, if they're in a tag or anything, they're not superstars. For example, Nakamura is showing it in NXT right now. When it's not a takeover show, his matches are good, not great. 
But when it is, when the spotlight's on, they're both the best in the world at what they do. Exactly like Randy Savage in the 80s. Exactly like Shawn Michaels in the 90s. I saw dozens of matches that Shawn Michaels did, house shows mostly. And they were good, they weren't great. But Miyahara, every time I've seen him, has worked it like it's the main event of Budokan, or Sumo Hall, or the Tokyo Dome for that matter. Just like Bret Hart did in the 90s. Just like Kurt Hennig did in the 80s. Just like Misawa did in the 90s also. These were guys who just put out every match as if it's the match that's going to define their career. And I think that's really the difference between the two. When I talk about Wrestler of the Year a little later on, they're both names you're going to see. Actually, three of the four guys I talk about on this podcast are going to be names I mention. And part of the reason for that is that Japan right now is at a golden age. WWE is too. But right now, Japan has come to a place where it is doing amazing stuff. And that's even going to show in the next match I talk about, probably tomorrow. 